Check, check. One, two, one, two. We good, KP? We are good. We're here, guys. Episode number nine. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening, for taking on the work. This podcast, Project Mindset, is designed to uplift and inspire and give you tools and systems to reach the next level in life. And I absolutely believe that today's guest is going to give you some some insight, some resources to break through. Her name's Megan Direction, super good friend of mine, awesome human being, and it's just a great story. Megan is someone who joined our team, Case, uh, right at the start of her career. And man, she came from a background of fashion and design, and she took a leap of faith. And what I will say is that in her first year of working with us, it was not a walk in the park. Um, she did everything that you're supposed to do to succeed in real estate. And after a year of grinding and calling and knocking doors and hustling, hardly anything happened, but it didn't stop her. She kept taking a look at what she could do to improve, which I think is crucial as you start anything new, you have to be coachable. And something happened after about a year in the game that was a major turning point and caused her to really break through. Today, Megan is getting multi-million dollar listings. She's doing development deals. She's investing uh, herself into real estate and, and building her own financial portfolio. And it's incredible to watch. She's an amazing resource to anyone that is looking to get into real estate, purchase a property, sell a property. She's got an abundance of knowledge. Um, I really, really enjoyed this interview and I think you will too. So without further ado, Project Mindset, Episode 9, Megan Darakshian. Let's go. So what was the point for you as a kid growing up where you realized, damn, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. Maybe I'm supposed to be in sales. Um, I My whole childhood, just I was ready to be out, out on my own and controlling, having control over my own life. Like when yeah. you're a kid, you're subject to somebody else telling you what to do and what time to be home and here's what you're eating for dinner and like, no, I was just ready to be independent. And I think even at one point in my, I probably had to be like 15 or 16, like looked up how to emancipate yourself. Wow. <laughs> like <laughs> just needed to be out. Yeah. Um, and so you saw sales, entrepreneurship, whatever it may be as a way for you to uh, have freedom. Totally. Yeah. That's what it was. Freedom. Running your own business is freedom. Uh, making your own money is freedom. Like it, that's exactly it. And I even, I don't even think I necessarily thought of it as sales. It was more, I've always been a person who gathers and holds on to information really well. I retain information really well. Yeah. So it was like, let me be of service in an educational standpoint. Let me, uh, educate you on everything that you're doing and help you make an informed educated decision and I think that is the key to sales right like it's not yeah, even absolutely making a decision for somebody or forcing somebody to purchase something it's more like let me show you how great this thing is and why it would work well for you that's and awesome. if you want it then cool I'm going to help you do that and if you don't want it I've at least helped you make the decision that you don't want it and let's find something that you do want 
That's awesome. So dream job as a kid growing up, what it what was it for you? What was that thing where you're like, all right, when I grow up, that's what I'm doing? For the longest time, I wanted to be a doctor. A doctor. I wanted to, of all doctors, I wanted to be um, a pediatric oncologist. I could, I could fully see you holding a clipboard just giving me some really crazy news. Yeah. Giving Alana and I, you know what, guys? Number four. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Dr. Megan. I did. I love kids. I was like nannying and babysitting and just like loved being around children. Um, and then just the educational aspect of it, um, even like down to like how the mind works. To me, it was almost like a, a protection. Like when you look at things that are not necessarily going right in your life, being able to understand why people act the way that they do, um, why people look the way they do, just like genealogy, just like breaking that all down to have a reason for it gave me comfort. Interesting. So like if you have a bully at school, right, why are they being a bully? Do they have other things that are going on? It makes you have less anger towards that bully because you you understand where they're coming from. Did, would you say you were already thinking like this when you were 13? Totally. Really? Yeah. It wow. was a lot of, and it would get me into trouble too. Like socially, you can't necessarily like have Some those kids thoughts. talking <laughs> crap on you and you're like, are you okay? Yeah. I'm like, oh, are you having problems at home? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's awesome. Kids are like super offended. Yes, <laughs> but like, oh, you must have issues with your dad or like. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that was where I came from. Interesting. And it did make me a little like socially awkward. Right. And then the friends that I do have understood that. Like, so that's where I think I connected more. People who understood it, we were super close. Right. Like, yeah, I get that. So who were some of your biggest role models, influencers, influences growing up? Um, I credit my grandparents to that. Mm. Um, both of them have multiple doctorates, so highly educated. Um, they came from really nothing. like, and really. Were your even, grandparents born here? Um, my grandmother was, um, and my grandfather was not. Where was so he born? He is from Israel, Jordan. Mm-hmm came across i think he was like 19 wow. or something when he came across maybe 20 um and spoke multiple languages both of them he was an engineer um, both of them became educators um but really were lived very modestly socked all their money away um highly educated very much about um high morals high standards yeah and just they taught me about hard work and how, how many be, how many kids did they have they have two kids. Two kids. Okay. So. Your um, mom and, then, and your uncle. Yes. Yep. So that's who I really credit. They, they're my compass. Yeah. Is how, my model for life. Yeah. Is because even when I look at. You're pretty, you're super close to them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or my everything. Um, even when I look at kind of what my expenses were prior to having success in real estate to what they are now, they're not that different. Like I really have kept my same style of living no matter what my bank account looks like good for you that's awesome very cool so growing up what i want to know is you're very you're 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 mega lux right very uh you got you got steez <laughs> right so you got some great style what is the one article of clothing that defines megan as a kid um I don't know necessarily if it's going to be an article of clothing. When I was a kid, and I still keep it a little bit today, um, I always have my hair in a ponytail. And hmm. a little bit of it is 
um, some sassiness that I'm going to bring okay. to the table, some attitude. Um, uh, it makes you a little bit, a little bit taller. It's a little bit like a crown. Dang, so there's like, that. <laughs> um, it just is like a confidence thing. I think was like the oh, always having a ponytail. That's funny. And how about now? How about now? Um, so I found, I was in college and in my great grandmother's jewelry box, like my grandma let me rifle through it and I totally took everything Wow! before my cousins got a chance to look at it. Wow. <laughs> Are you the, your grandpa, how many, how many cousins do you have? Um, it's a bunch of cousins. I am the second oldest. Are you the favorite? I'm you the mean, favorite. you got the first shot in the jewelry box. Yeah, I think I am the favorite. Wow. I think there was one. I'm actually the favorite on my my dad's dad. I'm the number one grandson. That's There's awesome. Some granddaughters, but for the grandson. Oh, yeah. Between myself and my cousin. Uh, he's doing a close second. He got a whole tattoo of my grandpa's oh. face. That, you better uh, get a tattoo yeah, quick. Yeah, <laughs> that took him up a couple notches. But, you know, I've you got gotta years get, in. Like, I got years in. Yeah, you got to get like a big one on the pack or something like that. Know, like maybe, <laughs> where maybe. he smiles when you flex, or yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> um, no, I think I spent the most time with my grandparents growing up, um, and so it. I much had a very much different relationship. Even I think the my cousins have a grandparent grandchild relationship, mm. and I fall somewhere in between grandparent to grandchild and parent to child. Right. So I do fall in this other area um but i found this in my great grandmother's jewelry box i found um it's a clear ball that has a mustard seed on the inside um and it very it represents that that was your great grandma that was my great grandmother's and i wear it every i put it on a new chain and i wear it every single day and it's the parable of the mustard seed so um the smallest seed um reaps the biggest rewards so you're going to have this tree that you can use shelter for you can have food for it it's um one of those parables that's in the bible and what is that how do you relate the mustard seed to your life i look at it as all of the efforts that i make even the teeniest tiniest ones just showing up sometimes is going to reap me rewards in the end so the littlest things that you do and the smallest choices that you make can have a big impact on your life. That's awesome. That's really cool. And that was your great grandmother's. My great grandmother's. Wow. That's so cool. If there were one song that defined Megan's life, just one, <laughs> what would it be? Uh, I don't know if I have a song either. I My music tastes are so wide um when i was a kid i was listening every like ton of like foo fighters smashing pumpkins sublime but like also um mamas and the papas like what was your first concert Ooh, i was really little like really little and i think my mom dragged me to like a garth brooks concert like ryan hayes will be stoked (laughs) on you the creator of the case logo ryan hayes is a huge Garth Brooks fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, my mom was like super into country. So I think I've been to like Garth Brooks, Reba McIntyre, like old school type of stuff. But like my tastes were just just so widespread. I think all of my friends listened to something different. So I was listening to something yeah. different. Um, a lot of Radiohead. Mm-hmm. 
that's just where at classical i mean just like my my grandma loves classical music so i've listened song. to everything it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a certain blind yeah song. what was it i, oh I can gosh. remember the video a this lot was, of like what's what i remember fake plastic trees yeah. was like a, <laughs> There's a certain blind melon song. We're going to find it and we're going to have it playing in the background during this part. Oh, my gosh. But it's funny because MTV, I'd have to sneak to watch MTV in like 92. I'm 10 years old. And I remember a certain blind melon video. I had um, like a TV that had the like VCR and attached in the bottom. It was like a 10 inch oh, yeah. TV, right? Oh, next level. The right. TV VCR yes. combo. <laughs> and oh, I would shoot. leave MTV running all day long. Even if I was at school, it would be on in my room. Yeah. MTV would be on and we would just watch all day. Yeah. Is that it? Oh, no. I think you found it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> KP found it. All right, so today, music today, um, anything. I love music that makes me laugh. Like a lot of rap songs make me laugh. It's pretty funny. Even a little old school, like um, like Ludacris. Ludacris makes me Ludacris laugh. Ludacris, Missy Elliott makes me laugh. Yeah. Like I just like music that like makes you feel good. That's good. All right, so you f- you finish high school you move out as soon as you can you yeah. you moved out I, like right I when you I graduated in June 2 weeks later I was living in LA Yeah that's amazing Like I packed my stuff and I was out And what did you study Um I studied marketing visual communications um and business Mhm That was it Um I really ended up choosing that kind of by default it was the first college that I got into so like I applied to multiples and got into them later and I just picked the first one thought at that time it was like kind of cool and badass to like live in LA right so I was like oh I'm out of Orange County this suburbia I'm going to LA to live in the big city (laughs) oh and one of the craziest things of all time is that I was one of the first residents at the Pegasus on 6th and Flower downtown LA totally at the same we were probably in the same elevator at certain points oh totally we were probably running with some of the same people that's crazy well I know we both knew (laughs) yeah yep Andrew it's crazy. It is crazy. Um, so went to LA. Uh, marketing, visual communications. I think the reason that I chose that is because of all the different avenues. I had options once I was done. It right. wasn't like I was going to be an accountant and could only do math and that was it. Like I could be a stylist or a costume designer. I could do trade show booths. I could do store displays. Just like literally anything that I wanted to do creatively after that. I could be a graffiti artist. Just anything that was you got skills you can write yeah okay <laughs> so. kp's giving me side eye <laughs> <laughs> all right so you finish college right and you you go first start working for ice you're mm-hmm. making crazy diamond pendants for rappers after that nordstrom yep after that room and board after that jonathan adler yeah i know another you whole know. story you do what what made you say, you know what, F all of this, I'm going to go be my own boss. And why real estate? Um, I looked at those companies or there were situations that happened in those companies that were poor business decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, having bounced checks from those, like bounced paychecks, having um, 25 people fired on a holiday. Like yeah. it just didn't feel good. I had an employer tell me that like, I was retarded and everybody was just like being kind to me and wouldn't tell me like that's cuckoo to even talk to another human that way. Right. Um, And it was again this like 
why did I want to leave home? Because I wanted control of my own life. And now I'm in these, uh, working for these employers where I don't have control over how much money I make. Yeah. Um, I don't have control over what the hours are. I don't have control over how to make this business better. Like I would be in these positions and I would talk to um, managers or owners and like, hey, here's some things you can do for your business in order mm. to increase your profits to make your business better. And they would disregard it. Right. It's like, why am I even, why am I slave to somebody else? Like I'm totally capable of doing this on my own. Yeah. I just want to own my own business. And why real estate? I was, I love design. I love architecture. Um, I also love information and analyzing different things, trends. So on the weekends, I was like cruising into the open houses for 10, like coastal Orange County real estate, right. 10, $20 million houses. And I would just cruise in and like, I'm sure some of the agents I work with today know me as some fake buyer <laughs> that like they thought was interesting. Sure, all these mailers. Yeah. I for sure was wearing like, you know, big diamond studs when I would go to them. <laughs> You're like, no, so, it's not for me. Yeah. It smells weird in here. Totally. Um, and just watching as, you know, where I was living, I was watching how much did this house sell for? How many days did it sit on market? Like I was looking at how the market was changing. Um, especially I what moved to back to Orange County in 2009 to watch the difference of what happened 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13. Right. Like there was this trend of like, man, we we're at the bottom and like watching it go back up. Now, I got to ask you this. What was the thing that your employer told you? Oh, that yeah. like I was retarded, like literally used the word retarded, which I don't even use. Um, and that everybody was just being kind to me. Like I was in the matrix and yeah. none of what my reality was, was real. Now, let me ask you this. Did you hear anybody tell you that in your upbringing? I think there were maybe not in those words right. per se, but like, yeah, I think there was this, you know, with like with my mom, there was a lot of this, like your family doesn't like you. Interesting. I would go visit my grandparents or I'd want to go visit my cousins and well, they're not, they don't really like you. They don't like us. That was the mm. conversation. And it wasn't even until I was 26 where like this clicked that that wasn't the reality of the situation. So your mom would say things like, you know, nobody da, 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 even even likes you. Yes. Right? This, it's this certain employer could do their best not to say their name um, said something of similar. Mm -hmm. Right. How about your first real estate transaction? Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, the first real estate transaction was a shit show. Yeah. Like we now, mind you, you passed it to me, right? And I took it. <laughs> and I, it was passed to me <laughs> from somebody else. We quickly <laughs> learned. We, we figured out that they had gone through a transaction before with the other agent and we're cuckoo right. and he just didn't want to deal with them again. So he passed it to us. Didn't give us any of that information. <laughs> Here's the insight, right? Is that. Like what we resist persists. Oh, totally. I, I'm, I'm a huge believer that we create our own reality. Now, I think as as adults, it's very easy that our reality actually got created as kids, and we something happened as a kid, and this, you know, like my whole life. I feel like I've been a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> like somebody called me a juvenile delinquent, I think when I was like eight years old. <laughs> and to this Some day, principle. <laughs> to this day, I attract situations where people, there's this, 
You know what I mean? I would say maybe you are thought of as the delinquent <laughs> agent. <laughs> right no and that's exactly it like i think now if i were to run across those clients again no way would i have tolerated what what went down no way would i probably even worked with them right right because that was the type of person that i was attracted i was so desperate for a deal any deal i think there's so much to be said for the listeners out there is is there an is there a disempowering conversation that maybe Maybe a teacher didn't call on you when you raised your hand. Maybe somebody called you something on the playground or like in the interview with my buddy Chris No from The Leverage, like somebody did something to him and he started, you know, he was bullied. Like these things happen to us as kids and we label ourselves something totally. and then we freaking attract those situations throughout our whole life. Totally. And I just feel that for the listeners – you want to ask yourself if you're aware of that conversation. The fake that, label you're putting on yourself, the and, fake story. And are you seeing a recurring theme over and over and over? And if it's a winning theme, hey, awesome. But if it's a disempowering theme, what would happen if you began to dissect that thing? Because I, I strongly believe that that is what you started to do over the last 18 months, which basically put a friggin' jetpack on you and you just been going off. Absolutely. I yeah. think there's one of the things that I actually did do was you look at all your jobs that you've ever had, all your relationships that you've ever had. Um, and I wrote down, okay, what attracted me to them originally mm -hmm. and why didn't it work out? Yeah. Those were those two things. And you're going to see this pattern. Like I literally wrote like a chronological order on a piece of paper. And all when of these did things. you do that? Right before I got into real estate. Okay. Just yeah. like, and the thing that I had to remind myself was like, okay, you're aware of whatever this story is that right. you're telling yourself this label that you're putting on yourself um part of your brain wants to eliminate it like just to make it go away if it's something that is disempowering yeah. right but i think the challenge and the thing that you kind of have to live with is that it always will be there you're always going to have it with you but that doesn't mean that you have to be victim to it mm. i can always be aware of it right but i can learn to not live in it mm. so it's like i think when we are in that battle of trying to get rid of it so much that's when you get stuck in it. That's when you're going to attract yeah. it versus I acknowledge that it's there, but you know what? I, I don't have to live with that. I that's don't have good. to choose that be, to be that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And it's like, there's, you, you know, I, I think of there's the things that I got from my dad that I'm like, Oh, and then there's the things that I got from my dad that I'm like, yes, it's just a matter of which ones do I want to hang out with. Totally. Yeah. So you get into real estate and it's it's crazy, right? New levels, new new devils. You clearly had this awareness. You got amped up and said, all right, I'm going to be my own boss. And then so boom, did the sun and moon just start going off for you? Did, did you just attract everything under the sun and you should start winning and killing it? Or what was it like the first you know, there's an 85% failure rate in real estate after 18 months. How'd you do in your first 18 months? <laughs> well, my first 12 months, yeah. my first 12 months were rough. I mean, like I would, I got into real estate and I had this vision of like, I'm not going to bullshit around yeah. with $450,000 condos. Mm -hmm. I'm going straight for it. Like I'm going for million dollar properties. Um, but when you ne don't necessarily have the skills 
right right yet to do that um it there's like a disconnect right so as well as who you're being like when you're in this space of like wanting something so bad the people can smell it on you right. they smell that commission breath they yes. smell that you're desperate for a deal and they don't want to work with you so would you say what would you say was the number because in your first year there was that one closed deal yes the most with horrible the psychopath yeah the psychopath deal yeah. um but i would like the first 12 months i cranked i hustled yeah. knocked. how many people did you talk to oh gee what like a thousand people every day no every month like yeah thousand i was people a literally month. 20 at least 20 new contacts every single morning my 50 doors every single day i was very capable of setting appointments like that was not the issue it was literally over over because you hit the doors all the time yeah you were hitting 250 doors a week a thousand doors a month plus the other contacts it was literally like ten thousand doors knocked Uh as your coach i'm tracking this stuff i I had a concern (laughs) (laughs) i was genuinely dirty and like crying and defeated and still would get up the next morning and be into the office at eight i was never late you were probably one of the people i talked about and prayed about and thought about the most because of your work ethic and i had this whole thing of like i've got a fail-proof plan (laughs) This is that you do my plan and you will close 10 million in volume in the first 18 months. That was that was the promise. Do this sheet 10 million in volume 18 months. Most people didn't do the work and they failed. And so it was like, well, hey, you didn't do the work. You were doing the work. <laughs> you literally talked to 10,000 people, knocked 10,000 doors and nada. Nothing. nothing. I would go on appointments and bomb just bomb like i could get an appointment very friendly over the phone and i would either be put into the friend zone or i would just like totally bomb the appointment and the number one reason why what was it what were you missing um not focusing on myself like not focusing on being happy yeah and coming from a space of not being attached you wouldn't take a day off no i never would take a day off you were like I don't know what my advice for you is. It maybe is go down to the beach and smoke a joint. Like that was maybe what I think you need to do. And that's why everybody <laughs> should hire me. As their coach. Uh, I, but really what I was saying was get happy. Get happy. You gotta get chill happy, out. Dude. Because in my head too, like everywhere else, like when you work in commission based sales, right? Like you work and you sell something and you get money. That's how it works. Yeah. Like, and you're not going to lose at that. Right. Um, that's not how real estate works. Like you can do all of the work and still get nothing. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was like, even I wondered like, Ooh, does like, does Kev hate me? Cause I'm not pulling in deals <laughs> or like, I think we had a coaching conversation where you were just like, well, I guess you're just going to be a buyer's agent and only make 350 K a year. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, fuck you. I'm totally going to be this great and agent. S- that I- was nine months in. When I had that conversation with you about a buyer's agent. So, so guys out there, girls out there listening, our team is set up to where my, my job is to not have you be any particular role. Um, Most teams are set up as you're a buyer's agent or they they kind of put this label on you um, because ultimately the, the purpose is to pump up the guy at the top totally. what my job is to actually get everybody to the top and mm-hmm. surpass what i've done and uh there is no cap to what you're capable of doing there's no title my thing is get listings get buyers close deals be a legend and so for the coach i i was just concerned and i said you know megan 
maybe you should just work with buyers because buyers aren't that hard to come by. And you were like, this mother. Oh, totally. Totally pissed me <laughs> off. Um, and I, I think I literally said to you, like, I'm not ordinary. I'm extraordinary. Yeah. Like, don't, don't and be I, confused. And in my mind, I'm thinking, <laughs> um, you're broke right now, Megan. <laughs> but literally, I think we have this, both of us have this characteristic where the second that somebody tells yeah. us you can't do it, it's like the game is on. My now. birthday is in 30 days and you definitely can't buy me a Ferrari, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> You can't. You definitely can't buy me a white Ferrari. You can't do it with tan interior. So uh, we have that conversation nine months into the game. Three months later, we have a real conversation. Oh, like a legit. Tell the tell tell what what happened with that conversation. What did we do? And it wasn't it wasn't a boss um, uh, employee conversation. It was like coach player that's yeah. really what it was that's my role as coach and so what 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 happened i had set 21 listing appointments in a month mm-hmm. and bombed all of them yeah um and in my own head said oh i gotta like check myself because something's going on with me yeah like internally something's wrong with you you need to fix this and then of course as my coach you see that like oh she just set all these appointments <laughs> and didn't get anything that's not good um so we sit down and it was like a 30 day do or die. Do or die. What's the plan? Um, and I had other businesses that were going on to sustain me. Um, and I think in my head, this do or die was like, okay, you either have to get two listings on the MLS or like you need to go and rock out with these other businesses. Yeah. And in my head, I, on case, we we're so tight knit, right? Yes. We're a, just a giant family. And in my head, I really thought that meant you're going to take my family away from me. Yeah. And that to me is like the strongest motivation that anybody can have. Right. Like, I mean, why do you hustle for your family? Right. Like now, and I think what's important to know in that 30 day plan that we created, this was around June ish, July. Yeah. I think it was July, 2016. Right. Uh, everybody, of course, there was a bunch of stuff about working hard, but was there anything else in there that, you added in that 30 days that actually wasn't related to work. Do you remember anything where it was like, I don't, I don't think there was anything besides the work per se. I think we made a few rules. Like I'm not allowed to go on an appointment by myself. (laughs) I also think though that there was something about me basically forcing you to take time off. Yes, that was true too. Like I wasn't allowed to just work the full 30 days. Yeah. That Um, was one of the things that I wanted to see. Um, and I, two weeks into it, just kind of let go. And I said, look, like if I'm not supposed, if this doesn't happen for me, it's because I'm not supposed to be in real estate and I'm not supposed to be on case. And this is just not supposed to happen. Um, but I really do want it to happen. So I'm going to get rid of these other businesses and that I knew having had my own businesses, having been a stylist and working for myself prior, like I knew what the survival trait does to you like when you have to survive i know what that does to you and when you let go too i know what that does for you and i in the past i had to let go of things in order to become greater and so having that and i didn't know this that you let go of those side businesses no i didn't tell anybody i literally um i had like an etsy shop and i just put the Etsy shop like on vacation mode. Like I'm never coming back. And I had, it was tough. I had clients reaching out to me for stuff and I was just like, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. 
So this was Megan's breaking point. She took the steps to be her own boss. She got her license. She got into the game of real estate. She went for it with everything she had for a year straight. She had a coach, a system, a structure. And after the end of the first year, close to zero results. But at the same time, throughout her whole first year of real estate, she also had a very safe plan B. She had a side business, her side hustles, which were keeping her afloat. And with her and I now creating this 30 day, make it or break it plan ultimatum after 12 months into the game, Megan did something without my knowledge that ultimately was the decision that pushed her over the top. We all heard the stories of Alexander the Great and Hernan Cortez when in the midst of battle, they made the decision to burn the ships, leaving only two options, die or ensure victory. As extreme as that may sound, when you have a dream or a goal you have to reach, what are the chances of surviving and accomplishing that goal if you've got a plan B, a cushion, a safety net behind you? As extreme as that may sound, when you have something that you absolutely have to reach, what are the chances of surviving and accomplishing that goal if you keep that plan B, you keep that cushion, that safety net behind you? So take a listen as Megan took the necessary steps that she knew would get her on the ultimate path to greatness. So it's a combination of you burned your plan B. Oh yeah, I totally burned the bridge behind me. Like, and you got happy. And I got happy and yeah. that was it. Like really focus on what makes you happy doing these side businesses i was hating it so what were some of the practices that you had to get happy um i think we were at that point i was consistently doing aid but it wasn't i don't want to say it wasn't genuine yeah but there wasn't necessarily this emotion behind it mm. it was just the motion which is uh it this is a process that we practice that's the foundation of it is getting into a true, sincere, deep state of appreciation. Totally. And a lot of people write gratitude, uh, and that's awesome, daily gratitude, but there's the word appreciation is more in motion. And so that's yes. why we, you know, this is from one of my mentors, Thatch Nguyen, appreciation is more of like a living um, essence. And so we write out, today I appreciate blah, 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 blah. And so basically you're saying that in that 30 days you just started to feel that more? Feel it and just trust. Like when you have trust in God and the universe that like whatever happens to you mm -hmm. is supposed to happen to you. And that no matter what happens to you, it's always for the better. Even if something horrible happens to you, I cannot look back on my life and think about any bad situation where it didn't end up being better after, mm. like where I didn't grow significantly yeah. or some blessing came out of it, some blessing in disguise that came out of it. So that was it. Like, just let go, get happy, be happy where you're at. And it's all going to work out the way it's supposed to work out. So good. So good. So what happens? The 30 day mark pops up and we got two listings. Two killer listings. Two killer listings. How much were they and what happened with those? Um, both of them were over a million. One, th one three and one four, essentially. Um, we sold them both in less than 30 days over asking. Yeah. It was killer. And it's been... And it was in the neighborhood that I love. Yeah. Like, in my, exactly where I needed to be, exactly what I love, both beautiful. It was fantastic. How much of that do you think occurred because you just let go? 
I think it all occurs because you just let yeah. go. I think when you're attached to anything, um, you become a very easy victim to it. Like you mm. are opening yourself for disaster when you are attached to something. So good. I got to read something from uh, a book my buddy Chandler Kelly sent me. I read it. It says, when, Ma when Michelangelo was asked how he created a piece of sculpture, he answered that the statue already existed within the, mo within the marble. God himself had created the, the Pieta, David, Moses. Michelangelo's job, as he saw it, was to get rid of the excess marble that surrounded God's creation. So it is within you. The perfect you isn't something you need to create because God already created it. The perfect you is the love within you. Your job is to allow God to remove the fearful thinking that surrounds your perfect self, just as excess marble surrounded Michelangelo's perfect statue. The great enlightened beings of the world are those who have done that, who have actualized the spiritual potential that exists within us all. By following their path, we follow the path that leads to our own enlightenment. Our task is to drop the non-essential clutter that surrounds our shining selves. Awesome. Sick. I feel like that's what you did in that month. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's finding clarity too. Like just knowing this is the path that I want to be on. Everything else just yeah. needs to fall to the side. Like, well, and since then, I just feel like you're, you have a, what's that? When like somebody just like Midas touch, like boom, 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 boom. Well, how <laughs> many deals closed? And like how many millions closed since then? It's been like a, barely Almost a year 20. and a half, like 20 yeah. million closed. And guys, you know, you do the math yourself times that by two and a half percent. Uh, you know, it's like over half a million dollars in commissions have earned. Um, for those of you who don't know, our brand case is inside of uh, Keller Williams. Keller Williams is the largest real estate company in the world, and it is also uh, the highest producing company in the world in, t in terms of units sold and uh, highest closed volume for a real estate company in the world. Case is number one in the LA coastal and uh, like LA to OC entire region, right? We've been the fastest growing real estate team, blah, blah, blah. Like it, I think the largest real estate team is normally 25, 30 agents. We've had over a hundred agents <laughs> come through our team <laughs> since 2014. We trimmed all the fat. We're down now to like a lean mean 23 closers and you are – you're the number one female. female on the team, right? You're in like the top three highest producers on our squad. What have you learned? Always come from service. Mm -hmm. um, that is what I just, that's what my business Always is based on. Service. Always come from service. Yeah. Um, I think even when I didn't have any deals closed, that greater vision, like having my bigger why, and I would tell myself sometimes like, in the grand scheme of life is your plan to be a billionaire yep so giving up commission to get this deal done um giving up this having to pay this bill doesn't matter it's right. chump change in the grand scheme Come right like and just having that space where like you're unattached yeah you're unattached to everything um the thing that i keep always in my head is and i i said it before when we had our uh event was you can't change the people around you but you can change the people around you 
So I can't change who somebody is as a human being, but I can choose whether I'm going to surround myself with them or not. And so I keep my circle tight. Yep. Got you know? to. And it, I protect my energy that way. Yes. You know? So absolutely. I know you're on that same. <laughs> I got to run as fast as I can from those weird vibes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. So what's in the future for Megalux? Um, Megalux is not only going to be real estate, but I think if you... Dang, you're talking about yourself in the third person? Yeah, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> Megalux is... <laughs> Megalux is busy. Megalux okay. is busy. Um, big things on the horizon beyond real estate. I think awesome. real estate is a fantastic... I love real estate, but a fantastic, a fantastic tool um, that provides wealth in order for us to do other greater things yeah. to change the world. Um, I have a plan. Definitely reach out to me and ask me about it um, to cure world, world hunger. Yeah. Um, that's happening. So, so cool. it's just all these greater things beyond that. I think it's more of a, a brand. And I think that's what brings us all together on Project Mindset or on Case is that we have these visions beyond just selling homes. Exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. And what tell us, you know, as far as real estate goes, who should hit you up about real estate? Like, where do you work? Do you specialize in a certain thing? And how do you get a hold of you to buy or sell a home or invest? Um, I think if you want the ultimate customer service experience, I'm very hands-on with all my clients, whether you need help um, just purchasing or selling or whether you need design help. Yeah. Um, whether you need something more along the lines of financial planning, investment help, um, highly educated in all of those. You're highly educated in life yes. and all things. <laughs> I should just throw out 10 random questions from history to math to science. Oh, like a Megalux Jeopardy? Yeah, you're uh, pretty We talked smart. about that. We yeah. got to put some money on it, though, right, if we're going to do right. that. <laughs> another time, another time. But yeah. What I, areas do you work? Um, I have done everything. I've done properties in LA. I've done properties in Orange County. Yeah. Um, my preference would be, uh, Corona Del Mar, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa. Yeah. Love that area. Love but you've killed the game as well in... Buena Park. Buena Park. <laughs> yeah. You set a record in Larchmont. In Larchmont. Yeah. Awesome. So really anywhere. Um, I think if you are somebody who is inspired, I want to work with you. That's awesome. Somebody who doesn't care about rapport or wants to be just transactional, probably not my cup of tea. That's but awesome. You want to be best friends with me at the end and chill out? That's Come what we're going to do. Come on now. How do people get a hold of you? Phone, email, anything really. Insta. Yeah. What's your Insta <laughs> handle? Uh, at Megalux Inc. Or at Megalux underscore Inc. Awesome. I-N-C. Awesome. All Megan. my info's on there. Hit me up. Let's go. <laughs> so proud of you. So uh, any last words and people you want to shout out and thank? Uh, thank you, first and foremost, to my grandparents yeah. for everything that they've done for me. They are my life, my light. Um, thank you to Coach Kev, of course. No doubt. I, it's like a, I feel a little bit like a, I'm trying to make proud papa <laughs> over here. <laughs> Kevin Alana, you have made Mama very, and Papa. You've made, you've, made, you've made us very, very proud. We've spent many dinners just like, okay, how, how what do we need to do <laughs> to have Megan break through? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then always, you know, thankful God, the universe that, you know, you're taking care of. I think no matter what your religion is, having um, a sense of a higher power yes. or something outside of you is important you know we're not just floating out here yeah so 
that's it. That's awesome. Let's go, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. I, th- I think we did it. We did it. And this is just the start. Just the start. Totally. I think, th- I think that's actually a really big a big piece for the listeners to consider, right? It's like you don't reach this place where you are. No, there is no done. There's <laughs> like, no done. Like I, I am just as uncomfortable now as I was in 2010. Totally. It, it, there's no place that you arrive to and you're like, oh, I know. No challenges. People ask, people always ask you, do you like feel like a baller? And I'm like, (laughs) no, I'm not done yet. I haven't done nearly what a 10th of what I want to accomplish. Absolutely. So cool. Well, I'm super proud of you. Super inspired for what, uh, I know is coming just around the corner. Keep it up. The whole crew is continuously inspired by you and, and everybody keep listening. Thanks for tuning in project mindset. We out. So that's it. Hope you guys enjoyed that. This has definitely been one of my favorite podcasts so far. It is really an incredible story. And um, I'm truly grateful for the example that Megan has set, not just for agents out there, new and experienced, but anybody that's looking to achieve their goals and dreams. So as always, I'd like to complete with three power questions. Take the time to answer these questions as they're designed to help you reach the next level in business and life. Number one, what's your skill set, your gift, that awesome thing that you do with the least amount of effort? And does your current career path support that gift? Number two, what are you doing to sharpen your axe with that gift? And make sure you're not just chopping wood and working your ass off because anybody could work hard, but what are you doing to grow sharper and actually increase your skills with your trade? Number three, where is your safety net, your plan B, your cushion, and what would happen if you were to throw it in the fire? Much love, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Hope you're inspired, chasing your dreams, giving it all you've got, and being the legend that you were designed to be. Stay focused. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.